listening to the Transformations with Jane podcast. I'm your host, Jane Nakata, a New Zealander living her best life in Fukushima, Japan. I'm a podcast consultant and the creator of Pod Launch with Jane, a system that helps you create your dream podcast without all the drama and hassle, leaving you more free time to do the things you love to do. This show is for people who want to hear stories of women who are doing amazing things here in Japan and across the world. You'll find loads of inspiration for how you can live your best life wherever you are. I'm glad you're here. Let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Transformations with Jane podcast. I'm your host, Jane Nakata, a podcast consultant here in Fukushima Prefecture, Japan. Today, my guest is Janine Naoi from Ipe and Janine Photography. So Janine is a photographer, a designer, adventurer, coffee and wine lover, wife of a Japanese man, and the mummy of a dream daughter. So I initially was uh, told by Sarah Nishina, hey Sarah, I hope you're listening, that I definitely had to interview Janine. And this was probably nearly two years ago now that she said that. And a year or so ago, I actually got in contact with Janine and we were all ready to go and and record this episode, the podcast. And then as uh, many things got in the way of us doing that. So unfortunately, we were unable to record the, co- the podcast back then. But here we are today. We've done it. And <laughs> I'm so glad that I finally got to talk to Janine. She it re- is really a lovely person. And it's so interesting just to hear a little bit about what it's like to be doing all of these amazing things in a fascinating city like Tokyo, taking photos, helping to, well, not helping to design, but designing and selling beautiful jewelry, working with people from all over the world and being uh, representatives for Sony. So yeah, I think you should just listen. Yeah, <laughs> let's just listen to this episode. I hope you enjoy it. So many good tips about not just photography, but going on adventures in the nature in Japan as well. Something for everyone. Hi, Janine. Welcome to the Transformations with Jane podcast. It's great to have you here today. Hi, Jane. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to finally, finally, finally be doing this episode. And I just have to tell every all the um, my listeners the backstory to this is that I actually contacted you more than a year ago. Wasn't it the first time I asked you to be on the podcast? Yes, I think you were still living in Sweden at that I time. I was, I was. And <laughs> I was like, yay, Janine's coming on the podcast. And then there was all this massive construction happening in my apartment. You would not believe the noise every day. It was drilling and I don't know what they were doing. I think they were installing new pipes and it was horrible. And I just had to say, sorry, we just can't record right now. And then Corona happened. I got sent back to Japan, sent back to Sweden, sent back to Japan. So finally, almost a year and a half nearly later, we are recording this episode. Hooray! Yay, finally. <laughs> thank you so much for making it happen. <laughs> no, thank you for your patience and for yeah making time to come on today. So it's great to have you here. Uh, my pleasure. So for those listeners who don't know who Janine is, could you just yeah give us your self-introduction, give us a little bit of information where you are 
what you oh, do gosh. and how you came to be in Japan. Um, I'm a busy person. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, where to start? Um, I came to Japan uh, uh, just on 15 years ago. I'm originally from Melbourne. I was in my 20s. Uh, I moved to Amsterdam uh, where I was working for an advertising agency there and I met my husband in Amsterdam. Uh, cute Japanese boy um, and then he was like come back to Tokyo with me and I was like sure why not you know the things that you do in your 20s yeah wouldn't dream of doing something like that now wild. it's just kind of it is wild yeah and then 15 years slips by and um, and here we are so I guess in that time you know I've done a, a lot of things um, I've worked as a as a graphic designer which is my background uh, for a communications agency here for a couple of years um, before launching into um, kind of doing our own thing really uh, we have a photography business uh, Ipe and Janine photography uh, and then I also help my father-in-law with his jewelry company um, which is called Atoria Shinji Ginza which probably many people know uh, so yeah that's yeah I'm busy <laughs> You are so much creative stuff that you're doing in your life. It, it must be great if that's something you like to do, like obviously being creative is part of who you are. Yes, definitely. So yeah, you've got the jewellery. So go and it's like, stop the podcast now, go and have a look at the jewellery website. It's so cute. Such gorgeous jewellery. Oh, thank you, Jane. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love jewellery. Uh, it's no secret, but this gorgeous, gorgeous designs and really you know, taking the best of what Japan has to offer and turning it into really beautiful jewellery, I think is something that your jewellery store does. And you actually, the, not you personally, but people actually make the jewellery on site, right? In your yeah, in the so, store. Well, we're only five people. We have two staff who take care of the production side uh, and the stock management side of our business. Um, my father-in-law, he's still the main artist, although my husband and I are also doing a lot of collaboration, really. And then my husband, he kind of runs the business side. I'm sometimes in the shop. I do the marketing, photography, etc. And I guess my husband and I are making it into a business. So my father-in-law, he's a real artist, um, which I think maybe speaks for itself. <laughs> um, I see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we kind of make it a viable business, basically. <laughs> it's good fun. I can imagine. Yeah. How awesome that you have this artist person and then business-minded people who can work together to create something that's going to be successful, more yeah. successful than potentially without yes. each other, right? Yeah, indeed. Yeah. It's been um, many years of refinement, I guess. So kind of working out where our strengths lie. Uh, in terms of making the business really work but yeah it's it's yeah I mean it's it's a long-running business my my in-laws started it in the 70s um through various forms uh, and then we are where we are now yeah just uh, changing the business model slightly with the times but yeah it's a it's a creative business so I saw on your Instagram that there was one thing where they showed you how the workshop's kind of like downstairs under the shop is that right uh, yeah, so we have uh, in Ginza, we have um, three floors. We've got the basement, the ground floor, and then the second floor. So our basement is our workshop. And in the shop, we've kind of got a glass box that you can actually look down and have a bird's eye view into uh, into our workshop. So it's quite fun. It's, very, it's a yeah. very unique setup. Yeah. Yeah, I really love that. It's not usual that um, designers can have their workshop on site, especially in a city like Tokyo. So it's a very, yeah, it's a very unique and interesting setup. 
So if that's not a reason to go and check out the shop in Ginza. <laughs> Although we're closed at the moment because of the whole state of emergency. On, <laughs> right. Online only right, at the moment. Right. Yes, right. From yes. today. <laughs> exactly. So we're recording yes. this on the 26th of April and Tokyo has just gone into a state of emergency as of yesterday, right? Is it, Indeed, it yes. Yeah. Yes. So actually, by the time this podcast comes out, hopefully we'll, we'll oh, have left goodness. a state let's, of emergency yeah. again. Oh, let's hope so. Let's hope so. So yes. hopefully your shop will be able to open again and people will be able yes. to come and check that out and see some of the designs in person. That's, the I'm definitely, that's definitely on my list <laughs> next time I'm in Tokyo, oh, yes, whenever that's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not sure when I'm going to get It's a long way that. for you. <laughs> it's a bit of a track, mm. but I love to go there and I love to have something to do and meeting people who've been on yes. my podcast is one of them. So <laughs> yes. I'll definitely keep that in mind if I'm down there next time. So you also mentioned your photography business that you do with your husband, and that's called Ipe and Janine Photography. Yes. So that's another Instagram account you have to go and check out now if you're listening and look at their beautiful, beautiful photos that they have. Now, I was sort of taken with just the the funiki, if we want to use a Japanese word, yeah, of these photos that you take. It's just so ro- sort of romantic and you described it as, what was it, cinematic, timeless? Yeah, cinematic and storytelling style. Our style is a little bit different from other photographers. Um, so we really take in the, the location and the environment and make that part of the story um, of, of the photos. Okay, so yeah, it's a storytelling and it, yeah, the cinematic kind of atmosphere and timeless style, which I just yes. thought was beautiful. Thank you. So, <laughs> so yeah, go over and check out those photos. And what kind of people come to you for photography to have these photo shoots that I see? Lots of different people. So we we do commercial work alongside our personal portrait work, but really a range of people so we do a lot of engagement shoots or what they would call in Asia pre-wedding shoots so although we're still doing them now it was a little bit more pre-COVID it was more like people from Asian countries coming to Tokyo to do their pre-wedding shoots because in Asia they tend to do very big weddings where there's zero time to do a photo shoot so they would hang these pre-wedding photographs at the wedding venue okay. um, to be like, we're married. This is kind of part of the, yeah, the culture of, of getting married in Asia. So although we're still doing some engagement shoots, it's more for people, obviously it's for people living in Tokyo, whereas previously it was people from all over the world coming to Tokyo for that. Um, we also do a lot of maternity sessions. Previously, it's kind of changed, like with this, the whole COVID thing, it's it's really changed because of course we were doing more pre-wedding shoots from people who were traveling to Tokyo, whereas maternity shoots, we would do more people living in Tokyo. We do family shoots, we do personal branding, like headshots for solo, for individuals. What else do we do? We, we occasionally do weddings. We used to do a lot more weddings. We don't do weddings so much anymore. They're just a little bit... Um, challenging in Japan <laughs> mm. um, if it's a if it's an independent kind of wet garden wedding we'd be happier to do that sort of thing um, but the hotel weddings we've kind of uh, yeah decided that we've a little bit had enough of that <laughs> <laughs> um, and then commercial work so we've done a bunch of work for Sony at the moment we're currently ambassadors for Sony so we're not only behind the camera, but in front of the camera for them, which is quite interesting. And then we do, um, we get approached by companies like we're doing, uh, we've just done a big shoot for Mimaru Hotels. 
Binay, the kitchen appliance company. So all sorts of different companies approach us for our for our lifestyle photography. Wow, sounds like you're pretty busy then. <laughs> even, it's busy, yes. <laughs> so even though, you know, things have probably not been normal um, with COVID, how are things going for you guys, given that people can't come from all over Asia at the moment for these pre-wedding shoots and things? It's changed. I feel like... You know, when the whole COVID thing struck, it was quite devastating because, you know, we had a lot of bookings for people coming from all over the world to shoot with us. And every morning we would wake up and there'd be another five emails of, I'm sorry, we have to cancel. (laughs) We can't get there. And yeah, it was quite like, yeah, it was quite devastating to see, um, to see that happening. However, we had a few quiet months and then things just started building up again. I think locals took it as an opportunity that maybe that was something that they could do because it is a socially distant activity. So we had a lot more people living in Tokyo and surrounding areas um, contacting us for photo sessions. And then with the whole Sony thing, I think that really worked in our favour because if COVID, if the pandemic wasn't going on like this, it is likely that they would have found photographer a photographer in for example, in the States that they would work with. But they were kind of forced to work with someone in Japan and, well, here we are. <laughs> so, yeah, it was good. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, very, um, yeah, a real a real compliment, I think, to us right. um, that, they, that they approached us. And now we're on our second campaign with Sony, which, yeah, is just absolutely wonderful. So what does it look like when a company approaches you like that? I've obviously not been approached yet, but <laughs> by Sony or anybody, uh, what does it just pop? Do they just come out of the blue and say, Hey, or. Yeah. Uh, so in this case, they found us on Instagram and they approached us. It was really a matter of the stars aligning because we use Sony gear for our professional work. So we use the alpha alpha series cameras um, for our professional work. Another big factor was that they were looking for uh, English-speaking people because they want to appeal to a worldwide audience for their product. So the campaign that we have done with them, we're, we're ambassadors for their Xperia smartphone. So the Xperia smartphone uses the very similar technology in the camera to the Alpha series, Sony Alpha series professional cameras. So they are marketing it like, you know, as a professional photographer, you can use the Xperia you know, in your private, in your private life, rather than lugging around your big camera to take those photos and have full control over, you know, all of the aspects of the, of the, of the photography. So that's kind of where that was coming from. So yeah, it's been interesting. (laughs) Yeah, that's so exciting that, you know, just obviously you already use their gear anyway, which puts you on their radar. And then yeah, through Instagram, they approached you. Yeah. Through, through seeing your work on Instagram. So yeah, <laughs> be on Instagram, people. No, I'm just, <laughs> but it is powerful, right? This, it this is thing, powerful. this tool we have. You know, like social media is super powerful. You know, we started our online adventure through, I don't even think it's around anymore, Flickr, the photography website Flickr. And through Flickr, we got picked up by Getty Images. So now, gosh, we have, I'm going to get the number completely wrong. <laughs> almost 10,000 images on Getty. And then we get approached through Getty to do different commercial work for particular companies as well. So yeah, it's, uh, I mean, online, yeah. Where would we be without it? 
Yeah. Wow. I'm, I, this is yeah, it's so exciting to hear that not only, you know, of, of course you had some customers who couldn't come and you lost business through in that way through COVID, but that gave you an edge to to get this new new kind of business or a new experience working with a major brand that yeah, you couldn't have gotten potentially before exactly. because the world is closed down now. So exactly. yeah, your unique your location of being in Japan and being a bilingual company. Yes. Yeah, it was a very good opportunity for us. So yeah, we're very pleased. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And I love seeing these all those photos that you guys take, uh, not only of your photo shoots with your clients, but also in your personal time when you go on your adventures. So tell us a little bit about some of these adventures. We like to go to places that nobody really knows about. So after the, I'm just going to backtrack a little bit. We have a website. We have two websites. One is Islands of Japan and the other one is day trips, outdoor day trips from Tokyo website. So both of these websites promote places that you can go to that are very beautiful, but fairly off the beaten path. And we created those websites because after the uh, 2011 uh, earthquake and subsequent tsunami, we couldn't get up to Tohoku area to volunteer. And we thought, what can we do to help Japan? Because Japan, I mean, it was just dismal at that time. So we decided to try to help promote these off the beaten path places in order to spread the wealth. Because, you know, as you know, Japan has a huge centralization problem. Everything's in Tokyo. Everyone goes to Tokyo. But how can you get people to these unknown places? Uh, so, yeah, we kind of wanted to drive the money a little bit, you know, kind of try to circulate the money, I guess, through promoting these places. So we, we're not um, we, we're not ambassadors for any, you know, particular island. We don't get any money for, for this type of work. But, yeah, it's just another gateway for us to share our photography. It's also a very good excuse for us to get out and explore more. But then in the end, I think it helps people to um, inspire people to get to places that they wouldn't get to otherwise. And then, of course, spend their money there. Yeah, I've seen you guys having these sort of like camping trip near Tokyo. And I'm yes. like, how is that yes. anywhere near Tokyo <laughs> yeah. that you're yeah. doing that? <laughs> or obviously, you know, you're traveling to some of the more further away islands. Yes. Uh, uh, down near Okinawa and all of that. They just look amazing. And it's we are so lucky to have access to that kind yes, of yes indeed nature in within the country we don't have to leave the country exactly to get yes. to it yes indeed i mean japan really does have everything and it's, it's very just... very diverse so yeah so diverse right and just yeah. trying to get there is half the battle sometimes it's like where how yes oh, i'm already exhausted okay let's just stay home <laughs> <laughs> Go to Disneyland. Know how to do that. <laughs> well, yeah, else. I mean, we're yeah. like this whole pandemic kind of suits us in many ways because we we do so many socially distanced distant activities anyway. So yeah, for us, it's absolutely no problem to you know get out and and go hiking somewhere or go stream trekking just outside of Tokyo. There's so many places to do activities like that. Um, so the three of us, uh, my husband, uh, we have a seven-year-old daughter. We're all, yeah, we, we like to get outside and yeah, it's nice being out in fresh air. It's wonderful finding like uh, deer horns and all like newts and creatures in the water. It's wonderful. And it's a great learning experience for, for kids. 
Yeah, well, having just come back from Sweden, where that is kind of the national pastime, is getting out into nature. And yeah, just getting back to Japan and thinking, oh, we can't do that here. That's not true at all. No, absolutely not. You just have to sort of learn a few tricks to dealing with the nature in Japan, I feel. Um, Yeah. What would you say? Like, obviously, I come from New Zealand. Nothing is going to hurt you in the nature in New Zealand. Anybody can go into the nature. The only thing that's going to hurt you is potentially the weather Um, could turn very bad while you're out there. Um, can you know you may be in shorts and t-shirts and then and now it's potentially snowing but like here in Japan what would you say would be like a you know a top tip for people who are going out into the the Japanese wilderness for the first time that if they do this it's just going to make it more pleasant for them it's always good to there's a few things that we try to avoid one is bear country um we tend not to go hiking in bear country at you know, like midsummer, for example, when you might encounter a bear. For me, this is like absolutely no thank you. I am not going to deal with this. Another thing we do uh, is keeping a close eye on the weather because you never know if there could be a flash flood somewhere. So yeah, um, probably that's about it really. I mean, there's, you know, there's small dangers, like a lot of the places that we go to, they're leeches. Um, I hate leeches, but you know, in the end you have a little little tin of salt um, and you can get rid of them pretty easily. You know, if you get bitten, just a little bit of salt and then they drop off. Oh, excellent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Did not know that. I thought it's a cigarette or something will get them off as well. If you put yeah, a, likely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you have know. one we're of not, those. We're not smokers. So. No, neither. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then uh, with the islands, I think the only real danger are the hubu snakes on right. some islands. Um, so that's probably another danger, I would say. But otherwise, it's it's fairly safe. You know, you don't need to worry about. Um, I mean, obviously, Japan is such a safe place with people, but I guess there are a few animals, a few you know insects, yeah, and that to worry yeah, it's about. Yeah, all the insects mm. and bugs and yeah. things biting you, or yeah, um, you know, like caterpillars that sting you and all these you know even in my garden it's like a nightmare sometimes I just like massive wasps and yeah uh... yeah so for example the you know if you're hiking or doing a stream trek in a jungle in Iriamote of uh, in the Okinawa prefecture you know before you latch onto a tree to kind of help yourself down a hill have a look at it Because it might be a really furry, you know, crazy looking caterpillar that might give you a good old, good sting. <laughs> mm. Mm. Yeah, there's lots of things to learn, isn't there, when we go out into yes, yes. the thing. So, but like not trying is not, not the way to do it either. Like just well, give it a go not, and that's not learn fun, as you go. Definitely. No. <laughs> yeah, there was something I definitely loved in Sweden. Like you didn't have to worry too much about anything that I mean they had snakes there but you, you'd be pretty unlucky to see one unlike my neighborhood where they pop out occasionally in the summertime when I'm walking my dog which is not fun um to see yeah. one snakes mm. is uh is yeah also like uh it's on the same uh probably the same level as bears for me no yeah. thank you I don't want to <laughs> deal with it <laughs> But yeah, apparently, you know, there are certain types of areas that snakes like and could be hanging out. So when you know what that looks like, you can sort of avoid those places too or go carefully through them or you know, be more aware while you're walking through them. Indeed. So. There's one place that we uh, regularly go stream trekking uh, just outside of Tokyo in Chiba Prefecture that we have learned over time, do not walk back past four o'clock because that's, you know, small snakes, you see them all the time. And yeah, I just can't deal with it. So 
Interesting. Yeah, hmm. they're not they're harmless, but still no thank you. You don't want to No, no. Thanks. No. <laughs> Yeah, I was really surprised. Um, someone I, I know's husband got bitten by a snake last summer in Sweden. And I was like, what? There are snakes in this country? Oh, <laughs> did not know that. Anyway. <laughs> and there's jellyfish in the sea, but yes. most of them are not harmful. But, you know, there are, you just have to know that just don't touch the red ones or the blue ones. But the, the other ones, you know, the other ones you can play with and the kids play with them at the beach. So, yeah, it's, yeah, really learning how to deal with what the nature is in that place where you are and, yeah, indeed. And, and yes. just get on with it and get out there. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This it's because Golden Week is coming, right? So yes. we can't, we can't go anywhere. So we're actually going to camp in our backyard oh, because I have quite a big backyard yes. and I have a tent which has barely been used for the last 15 years so <laughs> I'm going to let my kids camp in the back yeah that's going to be our and I'm like well it's almost glamping because there's a shower and a tv inside Indeed. and if it yes. rains you know we can have a barbecue we can pretend we are camping but we have all the comforts of home so I'm sure it's going to be a great hit to do this uh, over yeah, Golden it's, Week. it's a good experience for kids to go camping I think you know they I know my daughter she really um She's like a little animal. As soon as the sun goes down, she gets sleepy, whereas that never happens when we're inside because you have so much artificial light. Um, so she's she, it gets to 7.30 and she's like, I can't, literally cannot keep my eyes open. And off she goes to sleep and then she's awake at, you know, 5.30 in the morning. I'm not. <laughs> but, yeah, my husband's happy to 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 be with her at that time. So <laughs> Yeah, camping with kids. Yeah, it's, it's great kids. for them. Yeah, yeah, it's great. All it that fresh air wears them out. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I'm sure it's going to be a load of fun to do this. And I just, you know, as long as you can get past the packing up and, or setting up camp and then like packing it up again. The, it's a lot of not work. Not so fun part, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of work. We actually don't go camping as much as probably a lot of people think we do. So normally when we go away, um, we'll stay in quite basic accommodation, seeing as we're outside a lot of the time. Um, we'll stay in fairly basic accommodation. We generally go camping only a few times a year, really. But don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of work, right? To, to it's camp, a lot of work. And all yes. the stuff. Indeed. And all of that. Yeah. But yeah, being outdoors is the thing that I really, I really struggle with over the summer because it's so, so hot, right? So, it's crazy. And like, how about in Okinawa in the middle of summer? Is it roasting down there as well? Or is it roasting. a little bit more? It's roasting. roasting. We, although, you know, it's different to... Summer in Tokyo with all the concrete, it's a different feeling. Of course, in on the islands, you do get the sea breeze and it feels wonderful. However, in saying that, I would say probably in the last eight or so years, we've pretty much given up on summer in on the islands. Just We're just getting too old, I think. Just don't want to sleep with air conditioner on. You know, leaving Tokyo and then still having to use the air conditioner, I would rather go up into the mountains and go somewhere where you can really enjoy the the cooler air so what where's your tip for the summer in the mountains for the cooler air do you i don't know if you don't want to share yeah, it with everyone well, i don't but... have any particular tips uh but yeah i mean anywhere mountainous works it's just much cooler you know the i mean the rivers are so cool and yeah it's the days are warm yet you don't need to sleep with the air conditioner on yeah yeah even here in Iwaki city where i live if you are camping near the sea it's a natural air conditioner especially towards the evening yes it's quite a cool breeze coming off the sea you don't yeah. need it and yeah we have some really nice camping grounds by the sea 
mm. here in Iwaki City. Mm. So if you're thinking looking for something to do, if that's allowed this summer, then yeah, consider that. Um, if you don't mind going further north towards the power station, but you won't be affected by radio or anything. Yeah, Tohoku area is uh, yeah beautiful. Uh, many nice uh, outdoor spots. Lots of nature. Yes, we have all the nature here. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, actually something that we have to deal with these days is having more uh, wild boars and monkeys. Even in town, coming into town where I live here, um, monkeys and wild boars encroaching on us from up in this area where no one's keeping them under control. Oh, how and interesting. Sort of moving down here. Well, I guess they're, they're searching for food. And, you know, this is also a sign of of climate change as well because so many things are getting a little bit out of out of whack and i mean they say the whole pandemic is is caused by that because you know things are slightly off balance so yeah so i'm listening to all of this it it sounds like you're living your dream life how what would you say like how how close are we how close are you and your family to living your dream life at the moment yeah it's it's great i mean we mm, a little bit more flexibility would be nice little bit more freedom uh, in terms of day-to-day work um, would be great. We do feel like it's a little bit of a, uh, a balancing act um, with all of our commitments, uh, including, you know, four o'clock pickup from, from school <laughs> every day. So, um, yeah, it's a little bit of a balancing act. But, you know, I think, I don't know, I don't know how we could improve it really doing what we're doing. Maybe maybe not having a physical store, but then that's also not really fun. People like to see, you know, they like to see what they're buying in person. Although our online store is in the last year has um, be- become our main uh, our main store um, with the whole pandemic. Sure. So, mm, but then still, it's nice to have a showroom. Someone has to be there, though. That's true, right? Yeah, and I can imagine that having that sort of place to meet people is really lovely to meet your customers and it's, having that sort of lovely. network yes yeah as well yeah as... indeed yeah it's also you know it's really important for us to have direct communication with our customers you really learn so much about what they want also we do a lot of custom work um so whether it's uh, engagement rings wedding rings or like a commemorative piece um we do a lot of custom work. So it's really important to have that face-to-face, the ability to meet someone in person, to show your work um, and to really, you know, crunch out what they want from the, from whatever we're designing for them. So we were talking just before about, you know, your photography and the kind of photo shoots you do. One thing I wanted to ask you was, you know, what, what stops people from, from deciding to have a photo shoot like this, like with you or with any photographer? What do you think um, holds people back from investing in doing something like this? In terms of foreigners versus Japanese, I think Japanese are far too embarrassed to have a photo shoot. They're, Japanese tend to be very shy, um, so they're far too embarrassed to do something like that. With foreigners, I think there has to be like a some sort of event for them to do something like that. We have some repeating clients who like to shoot with us every six months or so because they have small children. But what stops people? Hmm. We 
maybe um, some people think that like in six months I will have lost weight. So I'll do it then. <laughs> right. When I'm thinner than when I am I'm, now. You know, yeah, when I become a better. supermodel, mm. <laughs> then I'll do it. Which is just um, around the corner. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you should always buy a size smaller clothes and, you know, <laughs> you yeah. have to aim to aim to fit into it. <laughs> no, not really. I mean, of course, it's a financial investment. So, you know, a lot of people can't do it all that often um, because of that aspect as well. Yeah, I don't know. So what are some of the benefits then of, of that you, are surprising benefits that you've seen perhaps of people having these photo shoots done? I find that when I look back on albums it, and the response that I get from a lot of people is that it's very empowering. empowering. So especially mm. um, if people finally take the plunge to plunge to do headshots or personal branding shots they're always really they feel so good about themselves you know I mean I can tell them how to move and you know we try all sorts of different things um, and then we go on what works because everyone's different of course and then a lot of my clients get back to me and they just can't believe how they look um, so it's a very empowering thing I think for them yeah, I I mean, I guess most of us grow grow up or become adults dreading looking at yourself in a photo and think, oh my God, look at me, I've got one eye closed or, you know, I look, I look ridiculous or, oh my God, I can't believe I look that big or whatever. Generally looking at photos is not a pleasant experience of yourself. But to have a photo shoot with someone whose job it is to make you look good, that is something completely different. Indeed, yes, yeah. yeah. I mean, always, you know, with just photo snaps, you know, you're always going to have some really weird look on your face because there's only one photo. But yeah, of course, when you employ a professional photographer, you can guarantee that you're going to have many shots that are amazing just because you know, we take so many we have so many tips and and tricks you know to to make the best of of the subject a lot of people for example couple shoots they want to like memorialize their romance between them and this is also something really nice and something that we really love doing and um, and it's lovely for a couple to look back on in years to you know in years to come um, to see themselves when they were young, and you know totally in love. And I think it helps couples to have that visual reminder. Mm. Yeah, I'm getting goosebumps when you said that, <laughs> which means that that we're on the right track here. But yeah, like if you have a, a good photographer who can can bring that out, you know, like you're actually feeling really self conscious, but you know you are very much in love with this person. <laughs> Try and get that on in a photo. That can't can't be easy. It's not easy. It's yeah. right. <laughs> it's not easy. But, uh, but you obviously can can help people with that. So yeah, I. I mean, I think if I if I think back to my wedding photos that we took 17 years ago, I sort of cringe because they weren't very good. Unfortunately, um, I don't look at them and go, oh, look how we were. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. wedding, wedding photos are a different animal again, because, you know, there's so much expectation on the day. So it's not just the photo shoot, but it's the whole day. And it can be a very difficult time for photos which is kind of another reason that we really pick and choose carefully which weddings we do. Yeah, just this the pressure coming from all yeah, all different places on the couple to to produce this amazing day for their wedding. I think adding a photo shoot to the mix makes it just even more challenging. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. It's a big day, right? And It is. Yeah, yeah it's and I think that's, you know, that's the virtue of doing engagement shoots or pre-wedding photo shoot, you know, where the couple are completely relaxed 
Um, you can really plan it properly, plan the locations properly. Yeah, it's uh, um, it's very interesting to do that sort of shoot, I think, versus being an event photographer for a wedding mm. and then trying to, on top of that, trying to get a very romantic and perfect look between the couple. Yeah, because yeah, I, I can't imagine being very present for the photos. You're probably thinking about, oh, where's my bouquet and uh, oh, what are my bridesmaids doing now or whatever it is, you know. Exactly. And a hundred other things you're thinking about, not exactly. trying and to. Another thing I've had quite a few comments about in terms of family photographs is when they get their photos back, you know, we generally take two or three days to um, to get to do for our turnaround. A lot of people say you made our chaos into art. <laughs> that's beautiful. So, and that's the best compliment you can have, I think. Mm. <laughs> um, from, you know, maybe they're feeling really like tired and burnt out from their kids at the time. But then, you know, to get these very beautiful shots back, you know, that show like almost a poetic, you know, poetic uh, way, you know, that their family looks and yeah, it's, it's great for them. I think it's also another very empowering thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just to, even just to get to the photo shoot, like yes. everybody dressed and <laughs> yes. present at the yes. photo shoot, yes. looking yes. kind of normal and awake and and nothing goes as planned. Yeah, so, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's also part During of the, the photographer's shoot. job. <laughs> yeah, to be a little bit flexible and and yeah, really work with what you've got. Yeah, we've got plenty of plenty of tricks for those sorts of things. Oh, that's so cool. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I've, my family likes to take photos of, of us, but there's always one person missing from the photo, right? Because someone's Indeed. always the photographer. Yes. And it's really hard to get a, a beautiful family photo with everybody looking at the camera and everybody yeah, yeah. present. Actually, yeah. um, something that we do, it's funny that you should say with everyone looking at the camera, we do a lot of very candid shots. So mm -hmm. we find like the beauty in a situation is, you know, with the parents interacting with their children, the kids actually genuinely smiling rather than your parents like giving them a poke and saying, look at the camera and smile. <laughs> Guilty, yeah. <laughs> so for us, you know, a good photo is, you know, showing a very genuine moment, um, which for us is, is really beautiful. We do take photos of people looking at the camera because there's always the grandparents that expect photos like that. You can't do everything, you know, artistic. And I think for the grandparents, they do want photos of every single member looking at the camera and smiling, which we we do, but we do a lot of candid, uh, candid shots in between, which is really, I think, where our passion lies. Yeah, that's a great tip for anyone like wanting to ca capture their family at a certain age. You go for those candid shots when the kids aren't looking at you at the camera and smiling their cheesy fake smile that looks terrible. No, you know, that doesn't look real. Yeah, it always always tends to look quite forced. I think, you know, trying to engage your, you know, with family photography, try to engage your children with something that will make them smile naturally is mm. for us the best, you know, the best situation that you could possibly do, you know, possibly be in to take a photograph, even it, even if it is just with your smartphone. Yeah, that's a great tip. I'm going to use that this golden week. <laughs> While my kids are having a fantastic time camping in our backyard, I will try yes. to capture some of the candid moments when they're not necessarily looking, yeah, when they're having fun and not shouting that they're saying ice cream <laughs> or whatever it is. That I, my son responds well to that. When I say, think of the ice cream I'm going to buy you after we've finished it. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I have to admit, there are a lot of brides and parents yeah. <laughs> with family photo shoots, that's for sure. Yeah, so fun. Oh, dear. Yeah, well, that's, that is a really good tip. Thank you so much for that. We will, I'm sure our listeners will enjoy putting that into practice. So if you have been listening to the podcast and you try this tip and you take a great photo, please tag us on Instagram if you feel like sharing it and, and show us what you got up to. Uh, we'd love to see that and, you know, see how far that tip goes and um, yeah, who, who takes a, a, a great photo because if they've heard it here on the Transformations with Jane podcast, <laughs> you just never know. Yeah. So you actually have a offer for our, our listeners, don't you? Could you tell us a little bit about, about that? Uh, yes, yeah, so we're at the moment, we're offering 2000 yen off our one hour or more photo packages uh, in central Tokyo. Um, so you can check out our website. We offer various, um, we were very flexible with location and we're very flexible to make your vision, you know, come to life, um, whether it's at your home, whether it's at your local park. We have a lot of experience, you know, and some locations that we would probably recommend over others. Also, some locations are quite restricted, uh, so just depending on what you want to do. But yeah, um, check out our website and see if our style might be a match. I think our style is not for everyone. It's very a little bit dramatic and subtle and and timeless, you know. So, but yeah, it's, um, you know, it's what we do and what we love doing. So <laughs> yeah, if it's something that might be interesting, then yeah, please get in contact. Yeah. And say that you were listening to the Transformations with Jane podcast. Yes. And you can take advantage of that, that special offer. Thank you so much for sharing that with the listeners. And yeah, My definitely pleasure. go and check out their photos and and you'll just know yeah this this is for me or oh, okay this is not quite my style or whatever you'll just know when you look at them that if that's what you're looking for and yeah if you're in Tokyo bonus I'm not I'm up here in Fukushima I have to make a special trip down yes do you travel for for things like are you I mean obviously it's not a great time to be traveling but do you travel to do these kinds of shoots as well we do it does get a little bit expensive though uh, just with the highway tolls and the extra time that it would take for us to travel somewhere for especially for a photo shoot we have been in a situation before where we've gone to we've gone somewhere for our personal work um, and then we've kind of done a shout out and said oh well we're in town and then oh, you know nice. we've got a few bookings mm. that way um, which is much more cost effective I think for our clients rather than having to pay for all of all of the travel that comes with it. Uh, but from Tokyo, you know, I mean, we've we've shot a few times in in Yokohama, Yokosuka, those sorts of areas with the pandemic. We have shot for a few military families and with the pandemic they can't leave their area. So right. um, we've gone to them, which I don't know, is that a good thing? I'm not too sure. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. <laughs> kind of defeats the purpose of it, I think, doesn't it? <laughs> well, this sort of like don't leave your prefecture thing, but with Tokyo, like where does Tokyo, you know, I mean, it's it's kind of, know, oh, this is Yokohama. End? You're in Yokohama now. I know. But, where does it end? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but as I said before, you know, a photo shoot is a very socially distant, distanced activity. So, and we're extremely careful. You know, we follow all of the recommendations with our shoot. Um, we're fully sanitized. We're masked up. Um, we ask our clients to wear a mask 
when we are not shooting, when we're moving from spot to spot. Um, so in the end, you know, I think it's a fairly low risk activity uh, when it comes to um, in terms of the pandemic. Yeah, exactly. So if, there, if that's something you've been thinking about doing, well, maybe treat yourself to that instead of your trip home to whichever country you're from or something like that. To do something different for a change. It might be it might be a bit of fun, and I'm sure you'll be thrilled with what. What, with the photos that you get from it or pop into the, the jewelry store and buy yourself something from there instead <laughs> <laughs> or online store <laughs> yeah check out the online store yeah we're actually not get getting there. that many we're not getting that many customers walking through our through our mm. door at the moment um, for obvious reasons but um, we're very busy with our online store fantastic yeah and there's actually a code for the online store as well. You're oh, so generous. Yes, <laughs> that is in the show notes. So if you want to use that code, just go and copy it from the show notes. Make sure you get it right. And yeah, thank you so much for sharing those those generous offers. It's so exciting. My pleasure. Thank you, Jane. Well, thank you for coming on the show today, Janine. It has been a long road to get you here. Yes, I know. It's, <laughs> it's I'm taken so glad quite some time. It, it has been. So many things keep popping up and it wasn't the right time and all of these things. But now is the right time. I always believe that, yeah, it'll happen at the perfect time. So thank you so much for coming today. Thank you so much for having me, Jane. Yeah, I look forward to, to actually meeting you in person one day now. Yes. Yes, when we can do that sort of thing yeah yes exactly <laughs> I, it's, it seems like a long road <laughs> let's see yeah all right thank you so much and take care bye-bye thanks thanks jane bye-bye thank you so i hope you enjoyed that episode i've definitely learned a lot about different ways that you can enjoy the nature in Japan. She talks a lot about going on river treks and and things i never even thought about doing that but the islands down around Okinawa certainly have those kinds of tropical jungles where you can go for those kinds of adventures. We get a little bit um, <laughs> caught up talking about snakes there. Not my favorite thing to meet a snake, that is for sure. So in the episode, you heard about some of the offers that there are for listeners. So um, at their jewelry store, Atelier Shinji in Ginza, there is a coupon code. You can find that in the show notes uh, the code is love from Ginza, one word, capital letters for each of the words, love from Ginza. Or you can copy and paste it from the show notes. And also the discount uh, for the photography sessions, if you just mentioned that you heard about it on the Transformations with Jane podcast, that would be great. And so, yeah, I, there's no um, kickback for me if you do that or anything. Just, yeah, go and take advantage of that. It sounds like... They, you know, it's a great chance because there's just so few tourists coming to Japan now. Not only are the places not so crowded where you can do this, you can do these socially distanced and, you know, they potentially have more time to do them now than before. Who knows? Anyway, definitely, definitely take up those offers if you want to. And remember, as always, if you are interested in starting on your own podcasting journey, make sure you get in touch. I have loads of different ways that we can help. Perhaps you just need a little bit of a push in the right direction or you need me to consult with you. Perhaps you just need someone to help edit your uh, audio, those sorts of things. We do all of that at, um, you know, with my pod launch system. So just, yeah, reach out, say hi, tell me what you're thinking and we can go from there. I'd love to hear from you. You can find the note, uh, the link to connect for that as well in the show notes. So thank you so much for listening. 
I'll see you again next time. Bye-bye. 